Today, we're going to rank our top 12 dynasty running backs. There are some rookies sneaking into these rankings now as well. Obviously, some things have shifted after a tumultuous last season with some of these younger guys. And there are some older guys in the mix as well. That Yeah, it's an SAT word. I know. Good job. You, see, you can't interrupt my opening <laughs> segment, Nathan. Well, that was the fun part. I figured I would. <laughs> it's very tumultuous. So we're going to get into it. First, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you like the video. We've got Dynasty content coming out all the time. Pre-combine content, post-combine content, pre-draft content. Make sure you subscribe. You'll get all the latest. Make sure you check out our Locals page as well. And today, we're going to rank the top 12 Dynasty running backs. So this is a composite set of rankings. The, the three of us and Jeremy... Um, are ranking all of our running backs in order all the way down to, I think, 40. All of our rankings, by the way, full rankings are found on our Locals page if you want to check those out. So this is just the average of all of those. So this is this is what the results are when you combine all of those together. Uh, Jeremy is not on this video, but I will make some of the points he has to say as well because he also has ranked these guys with us. And um, it's... I don't think these are going to be too controversial, but we're going to see. At number one, Simon, I'll let you start with Bijan Robinson, which is no surprise to all of you. Yeah, Bijan, only 21, 21.1 years old. Uh, even the tumultuous COVID year, he had it in 10 Dang. games, he had 703 rush yards, another 15 receptions for 196 receiving. So as a freshman in, in college, 18 years old, he already came out and like did more than what Kenny McIntosh did in his best year as a senior. Right. So, I mean, he's a he's a crazy prospect. We've all seen it. We're about to see what he does at the combine next week. We're super excited, uh, but we all expect him to be a plug and play in the NFL offense and, and kind of like Brees Hall next year, um, you know, offensive rookie of the year candidate next year and, and really change how an offense works. I think so. I think the expectations for Bijan are warranted. And I think at his current price, uh, probably turn of the first like one two turn. I think it's fine to take Bijan here. I think there is a chance that he goes higher than this in startups next year. So I like Bijan. He's not landing spot dependent. You're at number two. You've got our boy. Our guy. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. He just turned 24 years old. Yes, he has some wear and tear, like an ankle sprain. Oh, my gosh. Is he injury prone? I don't know if he's going to be able to recover. I don't know if he's ever going to recover from this. It's been a very tumultuous situation. Ankle sprain. Ankle sprain. Um, anyways, he is going into a what we assume will be a much better situation uh, this next season with a new coach, um, a new coaching staff, a new QB, like a real QB. I'm sorry, Matt Ryan. I, I'm sorry it didn't turn out for you in Indy, but we're getting a young rookie franchise QB. Um, so with with JT, um, he's got the bell cow ability. Um, he's got the receiving upside. We saw what he did in 2021, uh, the, the Carson Wentz season, um, trying to run us to the playoffs, but Wentz kind of screwed that up at the end of the year. Um, his, his production speaks for itself. Everyone knows what he does, what he did in 2021. Everyone knows that he disappointed in 2022. We get it. Um, but again, he's everyone knew in the NFL that they were going to give Jonathan Taylor the ball because that was all they could do. So this year um, with an actual QB that can actually throw and actually move JT isn't going to be the only threat in that offense and the offensive line is going to take a step up um, with their new up and coming left tackle and everything like that. So uh, JT same tier as Bijan will take him second just because of the age and the wear and tear. Um, I know personal rankings may differ. They do for me right now. 
but I, I have no problem with Bijan one overall right now in our RB rankings. So JT two. So for me, I think Brees Hall coming in at three is in the same tier of these guys as well. Brees Hall, obviously, you came out. Like, he, I would came, agree. he came out last year. Would you agree with that? Yeah. No, you're not putting Brees Hall in the same tier. No, I mean, I would expect him to have a, a slow comeback here. I mean, the the rates, the return rates for running backs coming off of a major injury are horrid. Isn't he supposed um, to be back by like his his he's ahead of schedule, he'll be back like by camp, yeah, Jake Dobbins was yeah. supposed to be back before completely camp too. completely different injury though. No. I, I don't care. Brees Hall's not gonna be the same Brees Hall next year. So, in two years, yeah, th- that's why he's still ranked this highly, but I don't think he's in the same tier so, right now. And what I was gonna know, and I'll just go ahead and, and say this off the bat since we kind of started talking about it, it's been reported that Brees Hall's ACL tear was fairly clean and there's no there's no collateral damage in his knee like a Javante Williams, like a JK Dobbins. So you're gonna see a quicker re- recover time. He's talked about his rehab. They, the doctors expect him to be ready for training camp. So with Brees Hall, while obviously coming off an ACL tear is a concern. Uh, you saw what he was able to do coming into his rookie year. You saw those those five or six games where he was just completely tearing it up as his snap share continued to go up. He was completely dominant and elite as a fantasy running back, as we, as most people expected him to be. Um, and I would say if he's back by training camp, that's going to give him plenty of time to ease himself into playing again, whether that's through camp and then through the preseason. And then I would expect if if the reports are true, if it's a cleaner ACL tear, by the time he comes back, obviously Brees Hall, only 21 years old still, uh, getting towards 22, but he's still plenty young. Uh, he's going to be the feature back in that offense. I would expect him to have an upgrade at QB by the time the offense or by the time the offseason is over. So with that and Brees Hall's skill set, uh, his elite qualities, I really like Brees Hall. He is our number three back. And moving on to number four, this is going to get controversial, Travis Etienne. Yeah, actually, Travis Etienne and Kenneth Walker are tied. So four or five, however you want to say it, they're tied there. Um, we're split amongst the four of us, but Personally, I have ETN over Kenneth Walker. Uh, you know, I have some stats here to list why. Uh, they have pretty much the same snap share, 59% for both of them, really like similar advanced rushing metrics. So it's not like uh, Kenneth Walker has an advantage when it comes to rushing. Um, and so for me, the tiebreaker came in the receiving game. And Travis ETN has a higher target share, um, 7.8%. He has a higher yards per route run with nine yards per route run. Uh, yards per reception, nine for ETN compared to 6.1 for Kenneth Walker. Uh, and then yards per route run, uh, his is about 50% higher at 1.29 as well. Uh, you know, he has a true, higher true yards per carry at 4.6. So then again, you know, we're throwing in another rushing metric where he's actually leading. Uh, they're similar ages. Um, but I completely understand if you want to flip-flop them. I'm just, I'm a big ETN, ETN fan. He's really explosive watching him a lot last year. You know, whenever the Jags played the Colts, whenever, whatever. He's really talented. Uh, and I also think he has the advantage of a of a franchise QB there, um, taking some of the weight off of him. And that, as we've seen, you know, a good passing game opens up the run game. I think we all like ETN, the talent and the player over Kenneth Walker. I think for, for me and, and maybe for Avery here too is just... The situation is is what you've got to look at here. And yes, ETN is more efficient. Yes, ETN, I would argue, is the better back than Kenneth Walker is. And I think he may even, I think he'll last longer in the NFL than Kenneth Walker does just with his receiving skill set. Um, what worries me is that towards the end of the season, yes, ETN went down in value and probably too much. Um, he probably fell too far in, in dynasty value. But I do understand the concern because the Jags didn't, 
take off and take over the division and make the playoffs. And so they really changed a lot of things about their offense and really started relying on the passing game and on Trevor Lawrence specifically. And that resulted in ETN some games getting like DeAndre Swift-esque snap share. And that really scares me is, is I think from not from an overall production standpoint, I think he'll still be a, a great asset to have, which is why we have him top five regardless. But from a game-to-game perspective, I think his floor could be lower than Kenneth Walker for the next couple of years because of the offense that he's playing in. Um, and now the the one upside and the one promise I do see with ETN is that they could start utilizing him in the passing game more than they did last season. I don't know why they used him less towards the end of the season, but he could start, they could, ETN could increase his, his, his route tree where he becomes more versatile in the passing game. I know with, with how they utilized him at Clemson in, in college, like that was definitely promising and I think shows that he's able to do that with Lawrence. However, with Kenneth Walker having that bell cow role in an offense that's questionable in Seattle right now, we don't know what's going to happen with Geno. We don't know what's going to happen at the wide receiver position. Right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Kenneth Walker right now, um, but ETN I absolutely see it. Those are just my concerns. Talk about Kenneth Walker at five. Uh, yeah, so with Kenneth Walker, like I said, he is um, he really came into his own um, towards the, the second half of the season for sure. Um, had some injury issues at the beginning of the year, and um, then Rashad Penny went down. Shocker! Who who would have ever called that? I, I don't know, um, but he totally took advantage of that opportunity and, and just went off. He even had, um, he even showed some receiving upside promise. Um, like we didn't think he had Yep. really, that was our biggest, our, our, our biggest, um, doubt as, as Kenneth Walker people, um, going into last season. Yep. Um, but again, it was still inconsistent. And I think that's something you should be looking for this year as well is he's a guy that can rush for over a hundred yards and only give you 10, 12 points because he only had one or two targets a game and maybe not even a single reception. So that's definitely a concern. He has the ceiling of five or six targets a game. He doesn't do it very often. Maybe that changes going into next season, but that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, Austin Eckler rings in at number six here. And I will go ahead and preface this by saying Christian McCaffrey is at number seven because we're going to talk about the differences between the two of them, why we have Eckler ranked ahead of Christian McCaffrey. But Austin Eckler, obviously, he's nearing 28 years old. Do not forget that this man averaged 22 points per game last year. He was, I think, the fifth overall scoring player in PPR leagues last year, so completely dominant. But he's uh, not going to do it again. Well, that's a max. We said that last year and the year before that. That, and the year before that. And that's also true. Now, the one the one valid argument you have for Austin Eckler not repeating his production is that he's going to be in a new offensive scheme because Lombardi is obviously out there and Kellen Moore is the new uh, offensive coordinator. You saw Lombardi when he was with the Saints and Kamara was extremely, extremely productive when he was there. And then once he left, he was less productive. And so I think, that, I think Jeremy in particular likes to make the case that betting on Austin Eckler to continue to um, reproduce that type of production is probably not going to be a wise bet. Now, we would venture to say that it is going to be a wise bet for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, Austin Eckler really didn't get above 50% snap share from a lot of the games he played. I mean, he was either right at it, right above it, or then below it. So when you're talking about like efficiency, Austin Eckler was 
extremely efficient with his touches. I think he's going to continue to be used in... I think he's just a good enough talent and a good enough football player to, well, regardless of what Kellen Moore's offensive scheme is, Austin Eckler is going to get his own. He's going to continue to get every valuable touch in that offense. Because I can, I can confidently tell you that Joshua Kelly that Isaiah Spiller is not going to come in and take those receiving touches from Austin Eckler. And they're also not going to take red zone touches from him as well. While there's an outside chance that they draft a running back, I think Austin Eckler is going to continue to produce at an extremely high level. Is that 22 a game? I'm not sure. And a lot of people would like to make the argument, including Jeremy, that Christian McCaffrey, who you're going to talk about, uh, in the Shanahan offense, obviously him still being Christian McCaffrey and him averaging 21 a game last year should be ranked ahead of Austin Eckler. We'll take Eckler for the reasons that I listed. I can see a value argument for Christian McCaffrey, but he's obviously a great player in his own right, and you've got him next here at number eight. Yeah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey last year Seven. had a 74, 74% snap share. Uh, Nothing compared to his, you know, his 2019 year where he had 29 points per game. That year he had 98% snap share. So um, putting that all in perspective, Christian McCaffrey has a lot of wear on his on those wheels. He has 200 more rushes and 50 more receptions than Eckler. Just just to put it in perspective. Uh, but as we've seen, he is one of the most dominant players in the NFL when he gets the volume and when he gets the ball in his hands. So absolutely still has probably a ceiling around, you know, 25 points per game if he's doing that. Uh, but we, we still have to worry about Shanahan utilizing other running backs. You saw when Elijah Mitchell was healthy, he was coming back and taking 30, 40 percent of the snap share. Um, and I think Shanahan just just does that. There's there's a lot of mouths to feed and they have a lot of talent there. Um, Christian McCaffrey's not going to get nine targets a game anymore. You know, it's not 2019, but he is still absolutely someone who's going to give you 20 plus points per game when he's healthy because he's, he has the capability to, to have seven targets per game. Um, and that's why we have him over, you know, some of the other guys like Saquon Barkley, um, Josh you know, Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, yeah. uh, Derek Henry, all those other old producers. Uh, and he's only 26. There's there's not much to worry about there either uh, when it comes to age. It's not yeah. like he's going to start falling apart yet. Yeah. And then you've got Saquon Barkley here at number eight. Yeah. So with Saquon, um, he's going to be a little bit lower for us because he has the most uncertain future right now. Um, we don't know if he's just going to keep being tagged by the Giants, or if he's going to go elsewhere and what situation that will look like. What we do know is that Saquon is Saquon, and he's back, and um, he will be producing at 18-plus points per game next season, um, barring injury. And I think he's shown that the injury he struggled with for two seasons was, was very unfortunate um, and that he's not injury-prone. He was able to play an entire season, at a dominant level, um, really the only, sorry, outside of Daniel Jones, the only offensive threat there. Um, so he's able to take that load. Um, if he stays in the Giants offense, I'm fine with that. Longevity-wise, we'll see um, how long he lasts. But again, with those two seasons where he didn't play much, his, his wear and tear in terms of touches is going to be less than you would think. Um, so happy with him here at RB8. Um, his production is... Is, is not going to slow down. And I think we all have uh, Eckler, McCaffrey, Barkley, and then the last guy here, Josh Jacobs, in the same tier. So like, yeah. these are all older, guy, older guys that can produce. The funny thing about Josh Jacobs as They're I move old. on to him is that Josh Jacobs is like a month older than Najee Harris. So everybody thinks oh of Najee gosh. Harris as like as this you know younger back that's going to be. I mean they're, they're they're the same age. So the diff. It's funny the difference is you know looking at their profiles. 
One averages 19 points per game at the current moment, and one averages 13. So, I mean, it's pretty much no question you have to take Josh Jacobs over Najee Harris right now. Uh, Josh Jacobs, he came out on a contract year. It was a contract year, right? Yeah. Yes. Looked, yeah. looked very, wow. very... I cannot... I'm sorry. That's insane. I, I, I can, we pause, I, can we pause real quick? You just said something super controversial like it was no question. What? That you should... Absolutely no question. Take not take Josh Jacobs over Najee. Harris. You should. Well, you should. Why wouldn't you? He produces six points per game more at a month older. I, I the situations are equal. They're the you, same age. There's no age argument. Okay. He produces forty percent more. Um, I, he's going ahead of him in all the startups too. I don't think it's no question because I mean, just in terms of the the career touches, Josh Jacobs is yeah. Over, I think he has a thousand now, and Najee's at like four hundred now. What's our ADP say? Najee probably got four hundred touches last year alone. Yeah, he had a ton of he had a ton of volume. I'm curious what their ADP is, but I don't think I see Najee Harris go above Josh Jacobs. So I think this is pretty. Okay. I think this is pretty consensus. But in my opinion, there's a teardrop after after Josh Jacobs, and it goes to the Najee, Javante, Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, Josh Jacobs goes tier. a little bit before him. Yeah, so I'm taking seven I, picks. In my opinion, I yeah, think, I know he does. I think Josh Jacobs is slightly. Uh, underrated still because people look at him as an older back. But again, he's at not 25 old. years old, he's not really going to be that old. Uh, I think he's going to continue to produce. We saw this last year. A lot of people were down on him, uh, and he came out, and he just completely showed out. Again, 20 points per game versus 13 is enough right now for me to be more comfortable taking Josh Jacobs. Obviously, we saw last year, uh, going back to Najee Harris, obviously we saw last year at the end of the year, Najee kind of started to take shape again, look, yes. look like what we thought he was going to be coming into this year. Uh, but for now, I'll take Josh Jacobs. I really like what he has to offer. I like that. I think he's got lots of years left in the tank, and I think you're getting him at a very good price, like at the end of the fourth uh, in most startup drafts. And then you've got Najee Harris after this. Yeah, I mean, Najee is still, he's only in his third year. Uh, so yes, he's almost 25, but he doesn't have, you know, an insane amount of wear on him. We've seen what he can do. He can put up 18 points per game. He did it as a rookie. Um, and this year with a, with a, like heavily decreased snap share. He still had 13.2 points per game, something yep. like that. Yep. That's it. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah. So if, if that's his floor, we've, we've seen what he can do. I think he's still going to be a focal point of the Steelers offense. Uh, the QB play is going to increase. So that means he's hopefully going to get more of those targets that he lost. Um, and if, if I have a young running back, you know, not young, if I have a running back still on a rookie contract for two to three more years, depending on the fifth year option, and his range of outcomes is somewhere between 13 to 18 points per game, that is well worth the sixth round pick to me because he's just someone you plug in every week. Uh, you know what his floor is. And occasionally, he's going to give you a season, uh, a ceiling week. Uh, I think that's a really safe pick, um, especially in the yeah. running back landscape right now. It's a good value right now for sure. Yes, I, I totally agree. And and I will. I, okay, maybe there's a. I guess I wouldn't like totally destroy somebody if they took Najee over Josh Jacobs. I do no, think. I, do I think, wouldn't either. I do think Najee is also a very good value because Najee's going a whole round later. But in fact, I think they both should be going around the same spot. I mean, they're. they're yeah. Maybe I would take again. I take Jacobs a little bit higher. But I would absolutely. I would take Jacobs as well. I'm not even arguing that against you. I right now in a in a startup and market value. Uh, anything market value, I'm taking Josh Jacobs over over Najee Harris right so, now. And so this is interesting. Moving on to the next guy, Javante Williams is going to be our uh, running back eleven. Javante Williams, there was news that came out this week that he could miss games. Let's clarify that a little bit because a lot of people want to quote tweet that and say, "Oh, bro, bro, bro." But it, it's it's a beat writer. First of all, it wasn't like actual legitimate like reporting. It was 
He could miss some games at the start. Well, I mean, anyone who tears their ACL midseason could miss some games. And a bunch of other, I mean, like, again, the the damage in his knee was pretty significant. You're talking about a J.K. Dobbins level injury. Look at what J.K. Dobbins, look, he missed games, he missed time at the beginning of this year. Um, He, and I think his injury lasted more than a whole year. He still missed times in the the middle of the year as well. And when he did come back, it took him a little bit. We're going to expect the same for Javante Williams, but in the situation at this price point, only still being 23 years old. We like him, and uh, we have him as RB11. Yeah, I think um, Melvin Gordon's going to be gone. The boogeyman's gone. Um, so once he does come back, I don't think there's going to be a ton of competition for um, shares or, or, or touches in the backfield. Unless they draft somebody. Which... Um, unless that, that is a possibility. So that was the one counter argument I was thinking against my own reasoning here is that Sean Payton um, is obviously the coach there. So he can he can go out there and he can get a running back if he feels that's necessary. I think the Broncos have a lot of needs um, that aren't running back right now. (laughs) I think they've given up a ton of draft capital um, for Russell Wilson, which obviously looks disgusting right now, but they, they, I don't think they're going to want to spend an early round pick on a a running back. I I just don't think that's going to happen this season. So I think Javante Williams will have that job when he's back, whenever he's back. Um, I think he'll have more opportunity than he did last year. And we've seen his receiving upside. I mean, there's remember like the first game of the season last year, he had 11 targets and that was where most of his production came from. So that's absolutely scary. And that's something that was a big question for JK Dobbins going into the 2022 season and why he really didn't flourish. Like we thought he could is if the injury was as bad as it was possibly as it was being reported, was he going to be able to kind of make up for his slow start in the receiving game? And he couldn't because he doesn't have that elite skill set. Javante Williams has shown that he can. Yeah. So um, that's why we still have him top 12 right now. I can see why you'd want to have him a little bit lower. I definitely think the injury is absolutely a concern. And we kind of have some J.K. Dobbins PTSD because we called our shot on him, ranked him way too high, and we were just straight wrong. So um, that's definitely, uh, yeah. Yeah, Jameer and, Gibbs is next. So. Yeah, and 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 with Javante Williams, obviously, I think we're being pretty conservative ranking him on at the bottom side of the top twelve. We had J.K. Dobbins like top seven last year, so that's so we're obviously we've learned our lesson. We're, we're moving four. him back, but you got to think about it. Javante Williams did what he did from the you know from a receiving aspect, and also really didn't get red zone touches. Like they were giving those touches to Melvin Gordon. Javante Williams is a guy that can get red zone touches, and I think will make the most of those opportunities. So when you add in uh, the potential for his role there, I think it's I think it's a safe bet to rank him here, and then Jameer Gibbs. Uh, and we have Zach Charbonnet right behind him, and I think you could honestly kind of decide which one you want here at this last spot. But we'll take Jameer Gibbs for now. Obviously, this is going to be able, this is going to have potential to change here in the next few months. But Jameer Gibbs is is projected right now. I mean, a lot of people he's getting first round whispers. I would say first round is is it, it could happen. Second round is he's definitely going to go in the first two rounds. Second round might be more likely at this point, but it's going to be very landing spot dependent for J- Jameer Gibbs, in my opinion. Um, how he's going to be used in the NFL. Obviously, his size is going to be something we're looking for at the Combine. Uh, which team gets him and how they decide to use him is going to be huge, but his draft capital is going to be very important because if he does go in the first round, you cannot rank him outside of the top 12 running backs in Dynasty, in my opinion. 
But if he does start sliding down, if he goes behind Zach Charbonnet, if he goes behind, I don't know, like a Zach Evans or something like that, a Devon A-Chain, then maybe you have to start talking about moving Jameer Gibbs down a little bit. Now, Jameer Gibbs, obviously his skill set, you know, he has an expansive route tree. He's very, very good in the receiving game. Um, I like his physical attributes as well as athleticism. I think he's going to do fine. I think he will measure out fine in terms of size of the combine. So at this point, we're going to bet that Jameer Gibbs is going to go somewhere where he's going to be utilized in a fashion where he's going to be getting a lot of receptions. And that is very, very good in PPR leagues. So Jameer Gibbs has the potential to be a very good PPR back. Now, obviously, putting a rookie in here is risky. It could change. But right now, as the um, state of the land is, we're going to take Jameer Gibbs here uh, at the 12th spot. And again, Zach Charbonnet is right behind him. They're they're essentially interchangeable, I think, if you want to say that, because we like Sharps as well. So that wraps up our top 12 uh, dynasty running backs. Let us know in the comments what you agree with, what you disagree with, uh, who you would put here at the end. Because uh, it kind of gets it kind of gets murky after this, and honestly, in in these rankings, like eighteen through what f- like six, you could probably interchange a whole lot, and you can't like hardcore blame anybody for it. So let us know what your own rankings are in the comments. Make sure you hit like on the video, and make sure you subscribe to the channel. We've got content coming out like this and more rookie content, things like that coming out every single week. So make sure you hit subscribe as well. Make sure you head over to our locals page, check out all of our exclusive content there. We appreciate you guys watching. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you later.